Today on the show, we are talking about Canadian skinny cable packages. Welcome to the Simple Money Solutions Podcast, where we focus on your money from a Canadian perspective. This podcast is produced weekly and released every Monday. Show notes for every episode can be found at livelifesimple.ca. Now let's get on to the show. Hey everyone, I'm your host Courtney, and joining with me today is my co-host Trevor. As mentioned in the introduction, today we're talking about Canadian skinny cable packages and the recent enrollment within the Canadian environment. So Trevor, today we have on the slate three different articles which are all work hand in hand together talking about the same issue, Canadian skinny cable packages, which is a very relevant topic just enrolled last week. So I'm going to delve in and read all three. They're all very short, very concise articles that really summarize what we have on on our hands here. Our first article is called Final Phase of Canadian Skinny Cable Packages Come into Full Effect December 1st by Alexandria Sagan from November 30th in the Global News. So in Alexandria Sagan's words, the CRTC and Consumer Advocacy Group Open Media say they're keeping a close eye on the country's TV producers as the final phase of the new skinny cable packages rules are implemented on Thursday. After regulations were first introduced earlier this year, companies faced accusations of finding loopholes to ensure customers either remained on more expensive TV packages or paid more for starter cable packages through added fees or eliminated discounts. The Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission and Open Media say that they want to see the new rules meant to give viewers more choice and more affordable options embraced instead. The big concern is that the telcos are going to attempt to skirt the spirit of the law and price Canadians out of these channels in another attempt to keep them trapped in expensive bundles, said Open Media spokesperson Megan Sally. In March, the CRTC required all TV service providers to offer basic cable packages for no more than $25 monthly. Consumers also had to be given the choice to either add channels to their subscriptions a la carte or through pre-packaged bundles of no more than 10 channels. But starting December 1st, TV service providers must offer both options. The implementation so far has been mixed, says Scott Hutton, Executive Director of Broadcasting for the CRTC, which heard from hundreds of frustrated Canadians earlier this year. Some TV providers, for example, would only sell the new, cheaper packages in tandem with internet services, said Hutton, or deny bundling discounts to skinny cable subscribers. Canadians also complained about hidden fees, difficulty navigating new options, and lackluster channel lineup in the basic cable packages. Sally said she wasn't surprised by these tactics, as a a lack of competition in the industry allows the major telecommunication firms to charge high prices for their services. The companies only modify their anti-consumer behavior at the CRTC's aggressive behest, she said. Hutton said that some companies changed their conduct, which will hopefully make the deployment of the next phase that much more successful. The CRTC has taken several steps to ensure that's the case. Last week, the broadcast regulator announced a number of suggestions to help companies act in the best interest of consumers, including giving customers information about the new choices and keeping offers simple. They came with a thinly veiled threat. The regulator also announced it renewed the license of licenses of most providers for just one year rather than the usual seven. We can have this conversation again next year if they don't live up to the best practices, Hutton said. For their part, all of the companies contacted by the Canadian press, V-Media, Kojiko, Shaw, Saskatel, 
TELUS, Bell and Rogers, say they're either already compliant with the new regulations or are on track to do so as they expand their offerings to suit or exceed requirements. Videotron and MTS did not respond for a request for their comment. V Media and Rogers and SaskTel also defended their adherence to CRT's best practices suggestions. V Media spokesperson George Berger said in an email the company's focused on transparency allows customers to easily add or remove additional channels and packages online and has no contracts or cancellation fees. Rogers spokesperson Andrew Guerra said in a statement the company already exceeds best practices in most areas. SaskTel spokesperson Greg Jacobs said in an email the company prioritizes giving customers a rich and customizable experience by offering, for example, low equipment costs. Sally said the fees for individual channels and small packages set by these companies will determine whether they're attempting to make these options affordable for Canadians. Hopefully the firms will realize there's not a lot of wiggle room for interpretation in what the CRTC is demanding, she said. But I don't think it's going to be something that they'll choose to do without the really strong enforcement by the CRTC. So this first article, again entitled, Final phase of Canadian skinny cable packages come into full effect December 1st is by Alexandria Sagan, and it was from the Global News. Our second article, entitled Only Watch HBO or Sportsnet, Canadian's TV providers must offer solo channels on December 1st. This article also was launched November 30th, and it is by Emily Jackson from the Financial Post. In Emily Jackson's words, Consumers who hate paying for dozens of television channels they never watch can celebrate their new right to tailor their own TV packages, with the caveat they won't necessarily save money under the system. As of Thursday, TV service providers must offer channels a la carte in the packages of up to 10 channels to complement existing TV packages in order to comply with a policy issued in spring 2015 by the Canadian Radio Television and Telecommunications Commission, CRTC. The regulator introduced the changes after its Let's Talk TV proceedings, a public hearing that aimed to give consumers more choice in television packages to help broadcasters quell cord cutting and compete with streaming services such as Netflix. The same decision forced providers to offer $25 per month skinny TV packages as of March 1st. The CRTC gave providers some time to introduce pick and pay so they can negotiate with programmers and rejig their billing and customer service systems. If providers don't follow the rules, the CRTC promises remedial action at broadcast license renewal hearings next year. Earlier this month, the CRTC took the unusual steps of renewing license for only one year instead of seven in order to monitor these practices. Providers generally grumbled about the basic package rules, arguing they should be allowed to create packages and price them based on what the market would bear. Peck and pay was more palatable to many industry players who submitted it should be allowed but not mandatory. On the programming side, organizations such as the Friends of Canadian Broadcasting argued that single channels offerings could hurt the diversity of the system and damage profits for content creators. The CRCT plowed ahead with the new rules with the goal of increased flexibility. Uptake of skinny packages has has been small. Less than 100,000 of Canadians' 11.2 million TV subscribers opted for these packages as of the spring. Still, the CRTC called Bell, Rogers, Shaw, and Videotron to the hot seat this fall to defend their skinny packages amid complaints they didn't follow the spirit of the regulations. This regulatory released best practices as a result of the hearing. 
Bell, which launched pick-and-pay channels nine months ahead of the week's deadline, has found the vast majority of its customers prefer prepackaged theme packs, spokesperson Michelle Miscalc said in an email. They're more convenient than sorting through and choosing from the hundreds of channels available and tend to offer better overall value than a selection of individual channels, she said, adding Bell's already adjusted pricing based on customer feedback. Rogers launched its standalone channel selection tool on Wednesday and already exceeds most of the CRTC's best practices, spokesperson Andrew Guerra said in an email. TELUS offered small basic packages as well before the rules were in place and in its bid to be the most flexible TV option on the market, spokeswoman Liz Save said in an email. During a period of cord cutting, this has proven very attractive for our customers, she said. But consumers should be careful before changing their packages, Public Interest Advocacy Center Direct Executive Director John Lawford said. You get more choice and flexibility, but the price might be quite high, he said, adding it could take hours of shopping around to figure the best deal. His organization will be watching for companies that charge fees when consumers drop to lower plans or take away their bundle discounts for smaller packages. It's a bit of a buyer beware, he said. This article was by Emily Jackson, featured in the Financial Post. This last article is a bit of a Q&A article, which will really hopefully answer our listeners' questions about this new skinny package. So this article, again, is by Alexandria Sagan. It's from the Global News, and it is called, Here's What You Need to Know About the Arrival of Skinny Basic Cable Packages. In Alexandria Sagan's words, Canadians now have the choice to pay no more than $25 a month for basic basic cable as the Canadian as the deadline for the CRTC mandated so-called skinny cable and satellite packages dawned Tuesday. The new regulations came after the federal regulators Let's Talk TV campaign launched in 2013, which found Canadians wanted more choice and affordability from their cable providers. Here's what you need to know about the so-called basic skinny basic TV packages. What's a basic cable package? Basic cable packages must include at least 10 local and regional TV channels, public interest channels like the Aboriginal People's Television Network, educational program, community channels, and legislative channels where available. Is that all that's included? That's the bare minimum for skinny cable packages. They may also include local AM and FM radio stations, up to 10 non-local TV stations, and another province or territory's educational programming if there's no local alternative. Some U.S. networks may also be included. Shaw, Rogers, V Media, and Kojiko offer some U.S. channels in their basic packages according to their online offerings, while Bell, Telus, Videotron, and Skastel do not. What if I want other channels? Customers can also choose to pay extra and add on supplementary channels to their basic cable packages through either individual a la carte selections or small prepackaged bundles of up to 10 channels. The CRTC mandated all cable providers must offer one of those choices by March 1st and must offer both options to consumers by December. Some companies are already offering both pick-and-pay individual channel and bundled choices. Rogers customers, for example, can add premium channels to the $24.99 starter package to, or pay for themes ranging from $3 to $18. So does it cost less than previous plans? While the cost of skinny package is capped at $25 monthly, this does include installation or equipment fees. But new customers selecting that plan must pay another $7 monthly for an HD receiver or $15 monthly for an HD PVR rental or 
$499 to purchase the unit. There's also a one-time installation fee of $49.95 for customers signing on for a two-year contract or $199.95 for those without a contract. If customers want any channels not including in the skinny package, they can pay between $4 and $7 a month per channel or $37 for a selection of 10. Some other service providers offer individual and bundle channels for less. Customers on Bell's starter plan cannot combine their services with any other offers according to their company's website. That sounds like a lot of money. Are skinny packages really cheaper? The Friends of Canadian Broadcasting, a group advocating for better TV programming, has warned many people that they'll likely to see their bills get bigger under the pick and pay system. However, last month, the CRTC chairman, Jean-Pierre Blesse, warned the regulatory body will be on the lookout for anti-consumer behavior. The CRTC will also not hesitate to act if it deems some TV providers are disregarding Canadians' wishes. The CRTC's decision or the spirit of the outcomes these companies were intended to achieve, he said in a speech of mid-February. How do I make the switch? TV viewers wanting to make the switch can visit the websites of cable providers to determine what packages, a la carte channel, and bundle options most appeal to their needs. Again, this article is by Alexandria Sagan, featured just last week in the Global News. So Trevor, those were our three articles that we are focusing on in this episode. And like I said before I read all three, these articles really work together to to emphasize the changes that are coming because of the skinny basic cable packages. So can we just can you just enlighten our listeners on what how you felt about these articles and your immediate impressions? Well, this is a really a real hot button in the news. Uh, the, these three articles are just uh, <clears throat> the tip of the iceberg. Um, I, I've been following this all week, and it's been in every news publication, Canadian news publication out there. And we did a show earlier on cord cutting, and this really this really raises the issue of, of the number of people who should sign up for cord cutting. And cord cutting is discontinuing your, your traditional cable TV or satellite TV service. And switching to an on-demand online streaming service like Netflix. I, I truly believe this is a dying model, this, uh, I'll call it the broadcast model, where your favorite show's on at a set time at a set channel on, on a certain day of the week, and if you're not there, you miss it, you could PVR it, but the, the whole model's broken. I would love to see this CRTC step back and let these cable companies price themselves out of business. That's what I'd really like to see, because... They're, if 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 they really need to charge these obscene dollars, like you need to spend nor- something north of a hundred dollars a month to get watchable TV on cable, as far as I'm concerned. And if if that's what they need to, to charge to be profitable, then all the power to them. Go ahead and charge that. You're you've lost the millennial generation already. I don't know anybody that age who has cable. Like anybody, I have kids off in university. None of them have cable TV. I think they are clinging to baby boomers and Gen X, and they're 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 a dying. Um, that's a dying service, cable TV, satellite TV. And we know that the baby boomer generation will eventually phase out, and it will be replaced by the millennials. So I think these forward these companies should be more forward thinking and really adapt to the needs of of the people who will be taking over the viewing. Well, Rogers, they, they had a service out called Show Me, and it was available as a streaming service, their TV shows, and they've discontinued it as of November. 
and they discontinued because they were losing money on it. Yet Netflix is an extremely profitable company, and they just keep broadening and broadening their product offering. So whatever they're doing, they, they don't even understand what the people want. If, if they tried it and lost money doing it, they're not even, they're not even close. Trevor, would you argue that this skinny basic cable package is many years too late and it's enrolling? Well, I stand back and I try to figure out who are they, who are they really trying to offer this to? So they're not, they're not offering to the millennials, the young, the young crowd. Uh, anybody who is a high-end TV consumer and, and has a lot of channels, they're not, that's not their target market. Uh, anybody who's, you know, struggling to, to pay their bills, uh, there's other ways to get, like Netflix is, is eight bucks a month. So that's, you know, if, if people who are really struggling to, to pay their bills and they're financially strapped, there's cheaper entertainment out there than $25. So I really don't know who their target is. I mean, this, it's, the CRTC is imposing this on the, on the cable companies. But when you do that, you really have to think, who, who is their target? audience who who's their target customer at $25 a month I, I don't know who it is and this last article kind of summed up it's not $25 a month it's it's more like $35 a month by the time you add in uh, uh, box set top box rentals and uh, installation fees and the fact that you can't bundle it with any other services uh, I, I heard that in the articles too uh, it, it's really not it, it's it's more than $25 a month but I have no idea who they're trying to reach with this pricing strategy. And to your point, consumers are going to look much more willingly at Netflix where there is no installation fees. There is no rental fees. I mean, I get how the companies are still trying to make money any way they can, but that's not really a very consumer savvy strategy in my opinion. Well, I discontinued my cable service uh, purely from a cost standpoint. So I get my... uh, TV show fix in off of Netflix. Some movies, I mean, they're older. I rent movies off of iTunes, uh, so I have that. I watch the news online. I watch the Nash, CBC National online, so I get my news fix that way. I have Rogers Sportsnet streaming service, so I get my sports fix that way. Um, I, when I add all those things up, I don't even get close to what I'd be paying for a skinny cable package. So... From a cost standpoint, I didn't, I didn't know why people would get this. I don't call that entertaining TV. I do want to ask you, though, Trevor, has the shows that you've watched or the shows that you look, go to look for to watch changed because of what is only offered on Netflix? Could this skinny cable package be offered for those who still are an advocate for their favorite TV shows on cable TV? Well, that's the problem is you, you, have, to, you have to sever that. I mean, the transitions of anything is never easy. So it's giving up on those shows that you've been, you know, traditionally watching every Thursday at 8 o'clock and, and, and switching to something different, like that would be on Netflix and maybe isn't available anywhere else. So the transition of anything in life is always a challenge and it takes uh, effort, but it, it's, it's, it's habit, you know, it's breaking that habit. So I'm sure that's why a lot of people are, are still on cable is they, they don't want to give up those shows. But, you know, a lot of those shows, if you go to the... Uh, I know if you go to City TV, their website, you can stream the 
the most recent couple of shows right off their website for free. If you go to CBC, their website, you can stream their shows uh, back, I don't know how how far, they, there's seasons and seasons of shows there. But the, the difference is you have to actually go get those shows. Whereas the traditional cable TV, th- things are just broadcast at you. You just have to sit down in front of your TV, turn it on, and here comes the show. Whereas these uh, on-demand shows, you actually have to seek them out, go get them, and, and, and watch it. And then you can fall into the trap of binge-watching, which you know you could invest hours and hours of a Saturday watching TV where you know you might only sit a half hour in the traditional broadcast model. I'd have to argue that though that our society is becoming more driven to go seek out our own information as we are getting more critical of what we read and hear and then we do our own research. So it, with that model alone, I think we are getting more critical to to go out and get what we seek to watch or listen to. But you're speaking about that from a younger generation and that's all you really know. But if you grew up uh, in, in front of the broadcast TV model where it would be, you know, whatever was on was on, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't think about an, an alternative. So that's all you really know is, is the on-demand model. But I guess that's what they are, these companies are reaching for. They are reaching for the baby boomers and any generation older than the millennial generation in order to suck the dollars out of this, this consumer group while they can. I, maybe that is what they're doing. But you'd think they're, they'd be working both ends of it. They'd be working uh, a streaming service and, and a broadcast model. And knowing that the broadcast model is a, di- is a dinosaur and it's, it's on its way out. I know Bell has Crave TV and that service. I have no idea if they're making money off of it, but I've tried their... Uh, they had a, a one-month free trial and I, I signed up for it and tried it. And it works quite well. A lot of good shows on there. Uh, see, you know, full seasons of shows back to season one, and it's uh, easy to navigate. So they've done a really good job. Again, I don't know if they're making money off it because it was I think it was eight bucks a month. Which, but you got to think, and there's no commercials either. So you got to think maybe they've made their money off these shows from the broadcast model. And Trevor, I'd have to argue that these companies, they're going to alienate their millennial generation if. They don't if they don't adapt to the needs that the millennials need. If millennials will feel ignored if they don't if they keep offering broadcast when that's not what they're well, demanding. Well, I don't think they're going to alienate the the millennial generation. I think the millennial generation is completely ignoring them. Then they're not even. Oh, well, that's yeah, that's exactly my point. Yeah, they don't even they're not even aware of cable prices and how expensive it is, and they're they're not they don't even care. My concern is though is these companies, they're not going to go out of business. And to the, you know, the article said they're only renewing their licenses for one year. I, don't, I think that's an idle threat. It, just say the CRTC decided to not renew Rogers' license because of uh, unfair pricing packages with Skinny Basic. What happens to all those Rogers customers? I mean, do they just go without? Or do, does, like, can another uh, service provider step in and take over the customer base overnight? I, I doubt it. So I, I don't even know what that means to not renew their license. It, it doesn't seem very realistic. I would think they would get fined or disciplined some other way, but uh, uh, not renewing their license seems pretty pretty unlikely. But but I do like how you can see how serious the CRTC is in enforcing these new uh, regulations. Well, they, they're, they're trying to make it sound more serious, but I, I just can't see them not renewing their license. 
But with these uh, Rogers and Bell, they're going to make their money. If when the cable finally dies, the cost of internet is going to go up. I mean, these these companies are going to make their money. That the bandwidth charges are going to go up. There, that the caps are going to be changed on, on bandwidth. They're going to still make their money. So if everybody's streaming their their content, uh, then internet services is just going to get more expensive. And to your point, we have talked talked about this in previous episodes. How people are now seeing internet connection as a essential need. So that definitely sounds like a very realistic model. Yeah, and it, well, it's a utility now. It's just like water and electricity. People exactly. Need, but I, I I think there's there's regulation around it. But I think you're gonna they're gonna the CRTC is gonna have to put more regulation around internet service providers and what they can charge knowing that it is a, a utility people depend on. Trevor, with less successful models like Netflix being unrolled out and not doing as well, do you think that these the cable providers should continue pursuing the avenue or just give up while they're ahead? I think they have to if they, if they want to stay in the game. I think what Netflix... Netflix is a, is a global company worldwide. And when they buy rights to... Um, content they buy they're buying worldwide rights so their their economies of scale are on a such a level that that these canadian only uh organizations they just can't they're going to struggle to compete so they're going to have to come up with some other model some other uh, some other angle and it it can't be canadian specific I, i think this is a volume business i mean when you buy the rights to a particular show, the more people you can sell that to, the, the greater your profit margins. And that's where Netflix is winning. And, and they can, now you have all these Netflix original productions. I, I can never see Rogers or Bell ever uh, create, have, you know, being a, a content creator like that. So, so I, I just think they're going to have to approach it from some other angle. They, they can't compete in the same space. My theory is that if they continue offering the shows that they do offer on cable and satellite, but on their, their Netflix-esque model, and then spike up the prices on internet, I think that could be maybe um, a model they could pursue. But I think the CRT is not going to let them uh, gouge us on internet. I mean, uh, we, we can't be paying you know 30% more than, say, Americans are paying for internet service. It has to be competitive they can't be they can't be gouging uh, just to maintain their profit margins they're gonna have to restructure their organization if if they're not making money uh, at you know reasonable internet charges definitely trevor i want to ask you do you think these broadcast companies ever saw this happening do you think they'd ever saw that be taken over by a model like netflix well you know i think back to the music industry when people started downloading songs illegally and record sales dropped off they found another way to make money. They, you know, the music industry started making money by charging crazy prices for their concerts. And now you have these stream, music streaming services and they pay royalties to artists. So they found another way to make money. And so the TV industry is going to have to do the same thing. You can't keep beating the drum of the same old model when technology is passing you by. I, I, I like to think I, I'm pretty good at visioning where things are going. I, I, I kind of uh, I read a lot about technology but I can't see how the TV industry is going to make this work. Well, like you just said, if we look at the music industry and how their whole model is offering an unlimited supply of music 
for one price, we can carry that over to the broadcasting and television market as well. All the shows you can offer for one price, which is a Netflix model, but they'll have to spin it in a way that works for them. But Netflix is, is already a step ahead of them. Just this week, Netflix has updated their apps that you can download their shows and movies to your device and watch it offline. So they, they're they already, a, they're just, Netflix is so far ahead of all these other content providers. They produce their own content, which is only available on Netflix. They're worldwide. Now you can download their shows and take it well on your commute with you. I, I, I create, the cable companies are not even, they, they're not even in the same race. But I'm going to argue that Netflix does not offer as many or all the up-to-date shows as some of the cable providers do offer. But what do you consider up-to-date? Netflix has its own content, Netflix Originals. But I think consumers are very stuck on what they have been watching for a while. Maybe we have Survivor or or more or other shows that aren't on Netflix and that people are very devoted to their shows and if they can't watch their shows on Netflix, I think they it'll it'll be a need to keep their their broadcasting. But that's that that's that transition I was talking about. You just need to to make that that shift, that transient. Once you give up on those shows, you will replace it with other forms of entertainment. You won't be missing them if you don't even know they exist. So it's just it's just giving up. I I don't know giving up giving up to save. I guess well giving up. Not not to save, but for instance, I said Netflix. You can download their shows and take them on the go. So if you're commuting on a bus or a train, you could watch your favorite show on your way to work. Why wouldn't you want to sign up for that? But you need to make that shift. I'm with you. There's shows on on Rogers or or broad on the broadcast model you can't get on Netflix. But there's shows on Netflix you can't get on the broadcast model. And in my mind, they're they're equally entertaining. You just have to you know give up on on those and after a couple of months you'll forget those shows even existed because you replaced it with something equally entertaining from another provider oh i'm completely with you trevor i was just thinking about all our listeners out there who are devoted to a show that they can only find on broadcast and maybe that is their argument for keeping it so i'll go back to my parents they're baby boomers they're retired they're high-end high high-end tv consumers and they have netflix and they love the on-demand model. They love that they can pause TV shows and go back to them. But they still have cable, and they have a very high-end cable package. And they PVR everything, creating their own mini on-demand library. So they are baby boomers. They still have cable, but they don't watch anything live on, on cable TV. Everything is PVR'd, and they watch it at their convenience. So they, I think everybody wants on-demand. It's just... And they they won't won't give up cable because of what you said. You know their favorite shows. They they can't they can't give up on them. They they just whereas I don't even the shows they mentioned. I've never some of them I've never even heard of, and I'm not missing them because I've never seen them. And we are turning into a society where we want to do things on our terms again, which is what the PVR and Netflix is really excelling at. Well, I kind of take pride that I I listen to a lot of podcasts like this is a podcast, and I I just love that I have you know i love that i've removed myself from mainstream media i i I get my news from non-mainstream sources i read blog posts i don't read newspapers i watch netflix i don't watch the networks i listen to podcasts i rarely listen to the radio so i i like removing myself from mainstream media i think you get 
when you do that, you get very specialized content geared to your particular needs. If you think of the broadcast model, it's it's trying it's a casting a broad net, trying to capture as many people as possible. Non-mainstream media is what I call narrowcast, and they're trying to capture people who have you know follow a niche. They they have a very specific interest, and the internet has provided a a, a great vehicle for narrowcasting. And taking taking the whole point of being more critical too, alternative media is such a growing force because people are being more critical and and that and that is where it is all heading with our millennial generation. I mean, yeah, we can consider the baby boomers in previous generations, but but millennials is where it's going. We need to uh, broadcasters need to be on on their toes. Like when I read something in the on a, in a if I do read something in a traditional newspaper or I hear about it, I actually go to Twitter to find out more about it. You know, I'll go to Twitter and say, gee, I wonder if that's actually true or or what are they saying about this on Twitter? I love non-mainstream media. I, I, I value it. It, it. To me, it's, it, it, it's unfiltered. Oh, definitely. And I, I, I know you're not alone in that. And our listeners, I'm sure a lot of our listeners feel the same way because, I mean, they're here already listening to this podcast, so they're already out there seeking alternative forms of information. Trevor, I do have a question, though. This is just overall, if if these if these providers are looking to to keep hold on to customers, make a profit, why why have they been ignoring the fact that they could keep consumers around by offering skinny basic cable packages a while ago? I know it's all profit driven, but why did it need why did it come to the terms where CRTC needed to step in and mandate this? Well, you know the CRTC, I don't know that they that they have their hand on the pulse of what Canadians want. The CRTC is imposing this on the cable companies. The, the cable companies, I'm sure they do market research, and their market research probably suggested that nobody wants skinny, skinny basic in their customer base. If you think the CRTC, they uh, require radio stations and TV stations to produce uh, a certain percentage of Canadian content. Well, that's to protect um, Canadian content producers. That isn't necessarily what Canadians want. So the CRTC has a mandate I don't know that they have uh, the general public interest at heart. They have a mandate to, uh, you know, they've granted monopolies of, of cable to the cable providers. So they have a mandate to make sure we're getting value for our money or every, every Canadian can afford their service. But I'm sure these, cap- these cable companies are in it to make money. They're, 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 not, they're not stupid. The, their market research probably suggested nobody wants $25 a month cable, uh, uh, state $25 dollar a month skinny basic which most people consider unwatchable tv uh this is being imposed on them and like you were saying it in the articles that we uh we did look at a lot it does say that a lot of the consumers are are happy with the theme packs the prepackaged theme packs well i'd read an article uh, another article on top of them with the three we talked about here where uh uh, a guy was was writing in about his his 80 or 90 year old grandmother who uh wanted to add just one station or one one channel and it was just one dollar less than adding a bundle like a um a value pack of stations so she was saving one dollar by giving up nine channels which doesn't sound like a deal to anybody so did she i can't remember the actual price points but she just wanted she had skinny basic and she wanted a, a particular news channel that wasn't part of it i think it was cnn and to get CNN, it was going to cost her seven dollars, 
but for uh, $7.99, she could have got a, 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 a value pack of 10 channels. So she saved a dollar by just getting one. <laughs> yeah, so you really have to, you really have to evaluate. And I, I think that's what, I mean, this was just launched last week. So I think consumers will start being critical and looking and seeing that, hey, wait a minute, this isn't as good as it sounds. They say in the articles that said that it was only being renewed for one year. How fast do you think this, the demise of the broadcast model will crumble? And, and how, how badly do you think these companies are scrambling right now to come up with an alternative way of surviving? No, they're, they're going to survive. If you think of Rogers, they started it was just a cable company. Uh, they branched off into internet. Uh, they, they do phone. They do uh, mobile phone now. They're gonna. They're into magazines. They're they. Uh, they're they're not gonna. They're gonna find other ways to make money. The, these companies are not gonna go out of business. They're they're uh, cutting edge technology companies. They'll tap into uh, new markets uh, somewhere somehow. I, I, these companies are gonna go away. They're gonna find ways to make money. And I don't know what's what's coming next. It, it might be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, the, they're not going out of business anytime soon. But do you think? But how long do you think it'll be until the the broadcast model? Maybe do you think it ever will cease to exist? Yeah, I, I probably five to ten years. We're gonna. It's gonna be just obsolete. You know, I, right now they're they're uh, keeping it alive for a baby booming generation. You got to remember that's a that's a huge cross section of the population, the baby boomers. But when they're gone, I got to think that this this model's gone, or the price comes down so much. And they're because they're making money other other places, but to maintain that infrastructure of of a broadcast model, and hopefully they switch to a, a profitable on demand model at some point. If you really think about it, this was a long time coming because it really started with the with the implementation of mobile technologies, computers, tablets, phones, and which which offered the ability to watch things like on your own, not on a TV. Because, again, that does really go along with the broadcast model where you need to be at a specific location at a specific time to watch specifically what you want to watch. They, they do offer their shows on, on, on demand for a period of time, though. Like, you can go to their websites and stream these things as, as well. So, I mean, they are, they are evolving. And, you know, one of the, you can watch uh, your cable TV on multiple devices. So they are kind of trying to capture uh, the, the younger group with that. But... Trevor, I do want to ask you, but before we started this, started recording today, um, we were talking about how how you you were on the cutting edge of getting rid of your cable even before Netflix was really what it is today. Do you think if skinny basic cable packages like the ones that were launched last week were were as accessible as they are today, would you have gone that route, or would you still stuck with your with your gut and just canceled all together and gone um, to Netflix? Yeah, I, I probably, so I, I, I became a cord cutter, discontinued my cable service because it was just getting too expensive. But there's just so, the, the skinny basic cable packages offer so little uh, watchable TV. I don't, I may have kept it just for the news because at the time I couldn't even get the news uh, through another source at, way back when I discontinued my service. So I probably would have tried it. I probably wouldn't have liked it. Fair enough. Trevor, before we leave you today, do you have any final simple money solution takeaways from this this issue? Yeah, I would say everybody should uh, cut cut the cord, become a cord cutter, discontinue your traditional 
a cable TV service, satellite TV service. There's a, a huge opportunity to save money here. And once you make that transition, it, it's a tough transition, but once you've made it, you, you will not, you'll never look back. Thanks, Trevor. And that is it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to check out the show notes at livelifesimple.ca. Make sure to check out all their social media platforms. And don't forget to give the show a rating on iTunes as it helps other people notice this, this series. Until next week, keep it simple.